You're listening to The Happy Hour with Nick Sainert and Enrique Alvarez-Cleary on 93.7 The Ticket and theticketfm.com. Back here on the happy hour, 93.7 The Ticket, theticketfm.com. We'll be joined by uh, Jacob Padilla of Hill Varsity here in a moment. We are currently efforting him. He was at Nebraska's Pro Day. And uh, there's a lot of Husker Hoop stuff to get to, as Bryce McGowan's has declared and other things. Let's go and bring him in. Jacob Padilla of Hale Varsity joins us. Hey, Jacob, how's it going? Uh, going all right. Just kind of hit off in a, a hallway over here at the Hawks Championship Center at the tail end of the Nebraska football pro day. Let's let's get your thoughts, your opening thoughts. I mean, wh- did anybody stick out more than anybody else? I mean, just kind of walk us through the pro day, how it looked in, in person. I think uh, Cam Jurgens, uh probably expected, but he, he jumped just as high as Cam Taylor Britt and also, uh, I believe, led the, uh, the, the bench reps. Um, so just a... Uh, Oh, sorry, still he led the bench right, okay. uh, today. So, I, I, again, another guy that you would expect to see that from. But uh, JoJo Doman also looked pretty darn smooth out there running, um, going through the position drills. and uh, He was second with 15 reps on, on the bench press. Um, and uh, he also had the highest vertical, 36 and a half. So, pretty good day for uh, JoJo Doman as well. And, again, I think those are all guys that you expected to test well. Outside of the four guys who went to the combine – who do you think showed out the most? That's tough to tough to say because we didn't really get. Um, we just had to try to listen as best we could. We didn't get any of the times for any of the, the drills on on the court yet. But those will come out later or on the field rather. Mm. Um, but um, I, I think I don't know. It's like some like a guy like uh, um, Damian Daniels. He he didn't do the the bench. He um, had a little bit of. Uh, I believe it said chest contusion or something like that. So he okay. he, he didn't go, didn't get see from him, but he was out there running. Um, <laughs> big brother uh, Darian was out there in a deep boogie jersey, uh, kind of with a, a phone on a selfie stick, falling around all um, kind of documenting the big day for his brother. So <laughs> I thought that was pretty cool. But yeah. um, I mean, the I think Deontay Williams probably um, had a solid showing as well. Um, didn't again didn't get the times on the the, the running mm-hmm. drills, but. Uh, um, yeah, I think it was a pretty solid day for a lot of those guys. Last football one before we we move on to to the hardcore or hardwood. Uh, who who's the first Husker to get their name called? Uh, whew, that's that's a good one. Um, probably, I'd say probably Cam Taylor Britt. Okay, uh, I think he's probably got the best chance. Cam Jurgens is probably in the mix as well, but um, that, that would probably be my guess. Yeah. Okay. So let's move on to Husker hoops. There's been quite a bit of news. Um, let's go ahead and start with with Bryce McGowan's um, declared officially yesterday. Not a huge surprise there, but I mean, what does how does this set Nebraska basketball up? I mean, because now there's there's a couple decisions looming from from guys like D. Walk and, and Trey that are really really fascinating lying ahead for for the future of Nebraska basketball. Yeah. Um, again, like I, like you said. I think this is pretty much expected, and I don't think Fred Hoiberg ever planned to have Bryce for more than one year. So, yeah. obviously, it's a big wet, uh, big loss, but it's not something that they were unprepared for, um, which they admittedly said was the case with the Lionel Banton last year. Um, so, I, I think they were always planning to, to have to re- replace that production. Um, it does start with those guys who have decisions to make. I, I think um, I, with Bryce moving on, I just wonder kind of, 
if if Trey isn't ready for next stage of his life at this point. He's gone through four years. Um, he's kind of completed a, a normal college career at this point. Um, we'll see kind of what opportunities he has. Uh, Derek Walker, I think, could be a guy that you see returning. I don't know that he has long-term playing aspirations. So if he's got another year to uh, available to him to kind of keep playing the game for now and um, worry about um, kind of moving on into the real world uh, another year down the line, then, then why not? Especially if he's enjoying uh, it and with coaching staff coming back. So um, I, I think that's one that could certainly boost the team moving forward, but we'll see kind of once we get through this portion where they're looking to um, kind of solidify what, what the coaching staff is going to be moving forward and then start uh, being active in the transfer portal and figure out, all right, who's staying, who's not, how many spots do we have to play with? And um, so there's still a lot of things they've got to sort through moving forward. I want to talk about the coaching staff, but first we're talking to Jacob Padilla of Hill Varsity, but first I want to ask you about a couple of their guys that they're, they're planning on joining the program this next fall. I mean, Two guys right at the top, Ramel Lloyd Jr. and Blaze Keita. What What's the con- level of concern right now that those guys won't make it to campus because of of Matt Abdelmasi not being on the staff any longer? Yeah, I think th- those are the two guys in particular that you have to watch out for. Um, and I, I think uh, Denim Dawson is already here, mm-hmm. and I think Jamarcus Lawrence is uh, probably solid as well. So those are the, the two, obviously, those are the two most highly touted pieces of the recruiting class. And um, obviously, they just went out and added Sam uh, Graysel in the in the backcourt to kind of run some point. He's kind of a bigger guard, uh, similar to um, what what Ramel Lloyd is. Um, so that's one that um, I, I think you're really going to have to to worry about. Um, Keita, similarly, um, I I am I, I, I haven't talked to either one of those guys at this point to kind of pick their brain, see where they're at, um, but. I think those are the two guys that, like, if they lose somebody, those are the ones that are uh, most in danger of losing. And those are, again, the, the two biggest pieces of this recruiting class. So uh, if they miss out on those guys, then one, that makes Walker's return that much more important. Yeah. And two, it gives them a, a lot more work to do via the transfer portal here. Because obviously at this point, uh, I think mo- most of the, uh, the junior college and high school ranks are, are pretty picked clean. Um, so it will be kind of looking at the portal to, to, to close out that class. Uh, but that's, again, that's what they're going to have to sit down talk with these guys and figure out where they stand moving forward so they can game plan and uh, decide, all right, how do we fill out this roster? Yeah, that's that's kind of going to be my follow-up question is how much does that, if those guys do decide to move on from Nebraska, how much does that hinder like the process or, the, excuse me, the progress of Nebraska trying to build that continuity within their roster? And, with that, finding guys in the transfer portal and all that, how much pull does Fred Hoiberg still have Like with his name? Without Matt Abdomasi, who was definitely a face of the recruiting or a big portion of the recruiting aspect here at Nebraska, how much how much pull does Fred Hoiberg's name still have in getting guys to, to come to their this university? And that's what we're going to see moving forward. Obviously, we knew what the pitch has been um, to, to this point, like using Fred's status and uh, his NBA connections and his NBA experience uh, navigating basically all sides of the league as a player executive and coach um, like those are th- that plus the Iowa State success those are kind of the the selling points for Fred Hoiberg and the further away we get from Iowa State um, the harder it is to, to point to that yeah. um, and 
obviously, I mean, guy like uh, Bryce McGowan, like you can certainly point to it um, as like, hey, look, we put this guy in the league, uh, but he came in here as a, a one-year guy, and mm-hmm. um, it's he was. It's not like he they developed him as a completely out of nowhere guy to, to make the league. So um, I uh, that's that's what we're gonna have to see now, and I think part of the the deal will be the, the new assistant, new assistant that he brings in and kind of what the staff looks like and what connections those guys have. Cause obviously previously it was basically all Abdelmasi. Mm-hmm. It's all he knew. Um, it's all the people that he knew that he had connections with the, the regions that he, um, he was connected in. Now it's, I think it is going to be a more kind of wholesale, uh, the entire staff is going to be involved. And so we'll see if kind of what, what additions that Hoiberg makes to his recruiting staff, uh, kind of what connections those guys come in with. Do they have players that they're already connected with that they've recruited previously um, that could play a big part in getting those guys to Lincoln here? So I think ultimately that is going to be the pitch for Hoiberg um, is, all right, this is a a guy that um, knows the league and can uh, can really help you get there. Um, But it's going to have to be, that's going to have to be, part of the story you're going to have to build up those relationships and again um we'll see kind of who who he hires to fill out those staffs and what relationships they are that already exist with those guys that they, they can take advantage of we're talking to jacob padilla of hill varsity and jacob last one before we let you go since you're kind of tucked away in 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 a hallway there we'll we'll let you go here after this one um do you expect any more staff shakeups because the first one comes to mind and it just kind of came out out over twitter today um armand gates's brother got the job at missouri and armand's clearly a candidate there i mean should we expect any more staff shakeups the rest of the offseason yeah that is the big one to look out for and um i think at whenever Dennis Gates was going to get uh, a chance at one of the, I think he, his name's been in the mix for a lot of jobs over yeah. the last few years. And he, he didn't quite get one that, um, that, that he liked. Um, so he's kind of continued building that thing up at Cleveland state, but now here he is uh, getting that job at Missouri. So um, I, I think that's something definitely worth watching. Um, and I, it wouldn't surprise me at all if Hoiberg ends up having to hire two new assistants here, um, because I think it is again, something that, the last few years, that's kind of been out there. It's like, well, if Dennis gets a job, then Armand's probably getting a call. Yeah. Uh, he is a guy that um, that Hoiberg was a holdover from the previous staff. He isn't a guy that had previous relationship with Hoiberg. So I think if uh, if his brother wants him on his staff, you can bet that's probably at, in, at a, another high major program like Missouri. Um, if they decide that's what they want to do, then I don't think anybody can blame Armand for, for jumping at that opportunity. So uh, if that's ultimately what Dennis decides to do. Um, he w- wants to have brother on the staff, and um, we very well could be looking at having to make a couple hires here for uh, Fred's staff. I think Nate Lenzer, who we talked, I think we mm-hmm. talked previously about, I think he's he's around for the long haul. He's been the guy that's kind of been active. He's been out in the community. He was at yeah. the state tournament, been doing a lot of the local recruiting recently. So uh, I think you feel pretty good about him being part of the, this picture moving forward, but uh, beyond that, I'm not sure. Real quickly, what, what do they do with like Doc's where, where Doc was? Because I'm genuinely curious. Now, obviously, they eliminated that whole position a, as a whole. Do they do they fill it with another just a volunteer, a part time, or do they just leave it and and we never think about that again? Uh, I, I think that I don't think they they fill that role. Okay, um, that, that's a that's a position that some staffs have, some don't. 
I know like Creighton, um, Steve Merfeld is in the special assistant uh, head coach role. Okay. And, um, so he, he's been a longtime coach, and um, he uh, is a way to kind of, again, have that experience around. Like Doc, I think Fred wanted to go in a different direction with his active recruiting staff where um, he wanted to bring back a guy like Nate Lenzer with a great development background. And creating this position for Doc was a way to kind of uh, allow for that to happen without pushing Doc out the door. Makes sense. Um, but at this point, I think they're ready to kind of just flip it and um, – Start, start a whole, basically start from scratch and uh, with their process and how, how they're going about things. Sounds good. All right, Jake, I appreciate you uh, joining us right after you're done with Pro Day. Appreciate you uh, hanging out with us all basketball season. We'll, we'll talk to you down the road. All right, sounds good. That is Jacob Padilla of Hale Varsity. Appreciate his time as always. Good stuff from him. All right, let's take our final time out. When we come back, um, Rico eats chicken and spaghetti. We'll, we'll discuss it after this. Download our app by searching 93.7 The Ticket in your app store to stay in touch and listen all day long wherever you are. More of the happy hour is next on 93.7 The Ticket and theticketfm.com.